Welcome to a special edition of the Listen In Podcast. It's not the special edition. It's episode 10. But it's a special episode because we're going over the life of Pablo, Kanye West, new album. Yeah, it's always a big event um, in the music world when Kanye drops his new album. Sean and I have listened uh, extensively to the life of Pablo which we hope stays its name. We can't be sure. But actually, by the time you're listening to this, it probably has a new name. Tweet us the new name. Um, but it's, it's probably back to waves or something. Yeah. But episode 10, double digits. We're into the double digits Glad now. Glad to be here. So we, before we, we get into the analysis of Life of Pablo, we want to give a quick thank you to everybody who listened last week to our episode with Sorority Noise. We had Cam and Adam on from the band. We talked about what it's like to tour their relationship with modern baseball, some other cool things. Going to England, which is in Europe. That's right. That's right. It is in Europe. Um, so we had over 100 listens on that podcast, which for us like is a big deal. That doesn't sound like a ton, but you know we're a new small podcast. So thank you to everyone who listened. Yeah, it really means a lot. And thank you to Cam and Adam if you're listening to this episode for whatever reason. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, and, uh, and we really appreciated those guys coming on. Definitely. Um, also, before we get into the analysis, we just wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping. So, we are officially on iTunes now. Big news. Which is a huge deal for us as well. Um, so, if you could subscribe to us on iTunes um, at the Listen In Podcast, give us a review if you want. Right. An unfairly positive review. Like, stupidly positive. Yeah, even if you hate it. Be like... Just because you like, we're like generally your friends, give us a, a great right, review. Right, right. We like to think of all the anonymous listeners as our friends. Um, right. I mean, you you hear the phone ring on episodes sometimes. Yeah. You hear, like, water trickling for no reason whatsoever. Right. You listen to our stupid stories, so you're like our friends. You're basically right here in the basement You're hanging us. out in the basement. So, give us a review. Um, you know, hopefully it's positive, but if not, just thanks for listening and reviewing anyway. So, subscribe on iTunes. If you're not an iTunes person, you can um, listen on Stitcher. And as always, there's the SoundCloud link if you're into that as well. Um, the other thing we want to shout out is our Twitter. It's at Level4Media. Um, at Level4 underscore media. Underscore media. That's right. Uh, check us out on there. You'll have updates on new podcasts, new blogs, um, just hot takes from, from both of us tweeting mm -hmm. out. Uh, and then also check out our actual blog, which is level4media.net. Um, so, We're pumping out blog content yeah. now pretty regularly, pretty, especially Sean, who's been carrying the load. It's it's almost daily. That might have something to do with me, you know, having an employment change. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> it might not be something to do with that. <laughs> but yeah, check out the blog, level4media.net. There's some good stuff on there. Um, we have all of our podcasts on there as well, if you want to go back and listen. So... Now big day that's today. Big day. Now that that's out of the way, um, let's talk Kanye West, Jake. I'm so excited. the new album finally came out on Sunday, Valentine's Day. It was slated to come out, he, he said Thursday, the 11th. Yeah. It didn't come out the 11th. He had his listening party at MSG, Madison Square Garden. On Did the you 11th. get to go? I had a bigger, better party to be at. Um, no, I was there. I was actually with Kanye, like, Playing stuff on his laptop. I thought I saw you dancing yeah. with Questlove. That yeah, was you? Uh, that was Young Thug, but yeah. Oh, got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was there with him, obviously. Um, so he had his listening party at MSG on Thursday. Friday, I thought the album would be out. He goes, blame Chance. Chance wants waves on the album. It f didn't come out until early Sunday. And it's only it was only as a title exclusive. And then he, he also had it for sale on his website... 
Then he took it off sale of his website. He said, it's only ever going to be a title exclusive. I'm never selling it on iTunes. It's only going to be on Tidal. Subscribe to Tidal. And I saw a really funny tweet today that was, it might have been a tweet, might have been a report, that was like millions have already pirated. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. I saw that. And so, and we got a, a new name, The Life of Pablo, within That's the right. last couple days That's right. before it came out. I think the last time we talked, it was probably still Waves. Before that was Swish. Before that, it was So Help Me God. And like I said, it will change again. <laughs> probably will. It, who knows? It might even change again. So on top of this, Kanye has been going on epic Twitter tirades. Yeah. And just about like how great he is, how he's $53 million in debt. Yeah. Like how he's the Walt Disney of our time, how he's the Michael Jordan and Stephen Curry of music because and, he's the best of two generations. And and don't forget personally um, requesting a billion dollars from Facebook CEO and founder Mark Zuckerberg for to, to fund his myriad of business plans, some of which include like uh, what was one of them? Well, one he, was like to cure HIV and cancer. Right. So two things. Another was holograms. <laughs> just the holograms. technology for holograms. Just holograms. Kanye, just because you have also heard of the concept of holograms <laughs> and think they're cool and like would like to invent it, doesn't mean you own any sort of rights <laughs> to the idea of holograms. So, number one. If you're going to be requesting a billion dollars from Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg, maybe don't do it on Twitter. <laughs> maybe ask him on Facebook. He didn't even give him... <laughs> That's a really good point I hadn't thought of. He didn't even mention him. I bet no, Zuckerberg doesn't have a Twitter. He probably doesn't. Does he? That would be a bad luck. Probably. It would be a bad luck. I, I don't think he does. Number two, um, if like he has this company that he's calling like Donda Corporation after his mother. His mom, yeah. He was involved. In, he wants to be involved in so many different industries. It was like music fashion, general media, like technology, medicine, medicine. Yeah. <laughs> and holograms and stuff like that, tech. Um, so he's kind of going off the rails, which we'll get to. Because what uh, yeah. we want to do on today's episode is a couple things. We're going to open with some, some more of this, some discussion in general about what's Kanye been up to, the release of the album. And then what we want to do is, uh, both of us having listened several times already to The Life of Pablo, we want to break this down track by track. We want to go through the 18 tracks on here. And offer our thoughts on each, which hopefully won't take four hours. Oh, it won't. I don't think it will. It'll be um, yeah. So I, I mean, okay, so getting into this Kanye discussion, one of the things he said on Twitter was, so he, he says, you, being a white person, you can't comment on this music because well, you're not black. And that was part of like a sensitive rant that was in response to Pitchfork giving it a 9 out of 10, which is an ungodly good review from them, but not good enough for a literal god being Kanye. Um, in his mind, of course, he's a god. And so he said, uh, Pitchfork, it should be a 30 out of 10. <laughs> which made me laugh, actually. Which is funny. I mean, it, and so he, he said that, and then he said, New York Times, Pitchfork, uh, Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone yeah. None of you should be commenting on this, essentially, because you're white publications, which... Point well taken, but we're still going to talk about it. We're two white guys. We're going to still talk right, about it. Right. We listened. So, is part of him right on this, or is he just being yes. kind of oversensitive to these reviews? There's like a tiny part of him that's kind of right, uh, yeah. in, the, like, in the same vein as the argument of no white person will ever understand the plight of black people. Right. No man will ever understand the plight of a woman. It's the, He's right. right in that respect, but like... I don't know. I think a music fan can comment on the music. Yeah, I agree with you. In Maybe that. we don't understand all the experiences. No, we don't. And I think he's he's said that this is a gospel album, and like there are definitely some cultural things that like we 
can't and won't ever understand. However, I think as art and as music, why can't we discuss it? Yeah. Why can't we understand it? In fact, Kanye saying that might mean that it, we have more reason to be able to say it because he's kind of clearly losing it a little bit. And so that's that leads us into our next question is like Kanye as a person what is happening with him is he having a mental breakdown right now Jake uh, I'm starting to be legitimately concerned for his, his mental well-being because if anyone follows Kanye on Twitter first of all congrats because it's a it's a hoot it's fun oh yeah it's it's wild but it's also a little sad because he you never really know where he's coming from and recently so we did we touched on this but he mentioned in one tweet actually I don't know if you said this that he is $53 million in personal debt. Um, and no one... So the thing is, is Kanye is so erratic on Twitter, no one knows whether to believe that or or what. Right. No one knows what's real, what's fake, what's... No one knows what's what. It's like the things this. they carried by Tim O'Connor. Exactly. We don't know if it's fiction. We don't yeah. know if it's nonfiction. So $53 million in debt. He's going off about these reviews and how they're not fit to comment on them. Yeah. He's going off about how he's Walt Disney, how he wants a billion dollars, how he has all these ideas, how, like, I, I, I am genuinely concerned. I think, we talked about this the other day, I think he is a genuine narcissist. I think he suffers from that mental disorder. Yeah, not of, just in a casual way, narcissism. No, no, no he, he literally has the mental disorder of narcissism. And I think what we're witnessing right now with the stress of this new album release, with his fashion line, with all this stuff, I think he's having a bit of a mental break. And it's playing out over Twitter, which is, like, hilarious and entertaining and funny. But, like, maybe we start to be a little bit concerned about the person and, like, what is actually happening with him. Well, it's like the, the counter-argument to that is obviously, like... Oh, boo-hoo. He's rich. He's famous. He has a beautiful wife. He has two kids. He has platinum albums, or maybe platinum, probably not. But he's sold a, a shit ton of records. He has more critical acclaim than most anybody. But still, like, he's still like a person. And I guess I, I agree with you in that, like, there is there's concerning signs here about what's going on. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think most people take it as amusing. Here's an interesting thing. I was looking yesterday. Kanye... It would seem that he tweets all the time, like he'd have thousands of, right. ba of tweets backed up. This is a recent thing. He has 500 total tweets. Are you sure he just hasn't gone back and deleted a it's bunch? It's possible, but I remember when I first followed him years ago, he rarely, if ever, tweeted. Hmm. And he's like lately, that's why I thought it was weird when he started going off on these tangents. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's been just, they've been coming in bursts. Like, if, yeah. if he tweets once lately, you, you know you're getting like 10. Well, that's a good point because he does. He's deleted several, so maybe he right. is like around a thousand. Still not like a ton, right? For some people. So uh, another interesting point with like what's going on with Kanye is, I've brought up the fact that there's a new Kanye West album coming out to a lot of different people, and the reactions I've gotten across the board, especially from women, are, ugh, yeah, like ugh. You listen to him. Well, who can blame them? Honestly, I do not blame them based on a lot of the lyrics in on this album, which we'll get into, yeah. and just kind of his behavior in general. So, I think a big issue with Kanye is people cannot separate the man from the music and the art, and it's becoming harder and harder to do that. Especially for me, I've always been a Kanye defender. I've said, look, I know he has his issues as a person. He's a genius. He's an artist. Like that kind of thing is. They, those go hand in hand. Look at any great artist over time. They do some crazy things. They act like assholes a lot of the time. Yeah. It comes with the territory. 
However, it's getting to a point where it's like the Bill Cosby tweet. Like the Taylor Which Swift for, stuff. For reference, if you didn't listen to our last podcast or if you haven't seen it, he's, he tweeted that Bill Cosby's innocent, which is, first of all, preposterous. And second of all, there's no second of all. He, that's all. That's it's just it. ridiculous. It. It's offensive, too, because a lot of women were directly impacted by right. Cosby's actions. And so it's, it's kind of crazy to tweet something like that. It is. I thought he would be smarter than that. I thought he'd be more self-aware about sharing that. Even if he thinks it, you don't need to share it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is... He, the Taylor Swift stuff, that's becoming harder and harder to defend. Just, I don't know that I can totally defend him as a person anymore. I think you just need to acknowledge that, hey, this guy has his issues. Yeah. <clears throat> He's still creating good music and is still important to the culture, uh, still important to art in general. And I think you kind of have to leave it at that. Just because he's kind of going off the rails on Twitter and does a lot of things that I don't agree with doesn't mean you discount his... Yeah. His music. It's interesting how social media has given us a window into the lives and personalities and opinions of stars in a way that I you could make a very valid argument we don't want or need. Like we can't it's like a car crash. You really can't you can't look away and you're always gonna be compelled by it. But would you rather live in a world where you just maybe have an idealized version of Kanye? I don't know. Maybe that'd be better. It maybe in be. your mind he's just, he's could be a super nice guy. And I'm not saying he's necessarily a mean person. He seems like he has genuine qualities, but he's just he's deeply misguided in certain views. Yeah, and in is. certain takes and in certain the way he views um, just like like women and yeah, race and it's... stuff. I mean, some of his views are skewed. And again, like. It, with the race issue, it's not really our place to say, I guess, but I still think they're just like the, the white people can't comment on this album. It's stuff like that. And then right after he tweets, I love, love, love white people, but this, and it, right. it, he can't have it both ways. I'm going to play devil's advocate really quick. And I'm not saying I agree with Kanye, but you bring up a good point that there's just certain things from his perspective that we can never understand. We can never know what it's like to, to grow up, as a black person in America mm-hmm. or in general. We will never know what it's like to be a superstar of his magnitude and the toll that that probably takes on you mentally. We never will know what it's like to just be in his position on really anything. We're, we're completely opposite people, and that is the case for a lot of people just in the world. They can't relate to what he's going through. Yeah. So I think you need to take a step back for a second and be like, okay, he has all these other factors playing into his behavior. Absolutely. Maybe take some of this with a grain of salt and look at it from that perspective. And I agree with you. I mean, I have been for years now an adamant defender of Kanye West's music um, and somewhat of a defender of Kanye West's actions. But, you know, like we said, it's getting much, much harder. And I won't defend a lot of these things. I won't either. There's no chance. Like, I used to defend his... The getting up on stage with Taylor Swift and, and you know, I'm going to let you finish that whole thing. But, and I will, that I think can be more easily defended sure than any of the stuff he's pulled in the last of week. Course. Because, look at it from his perspective. In his mind, someone who is black is not getting the credit that he thinks she deserves exactly. because of her skin color. That's not something we can relate to or can comment on, but that's how he felt. And you can't tell him that... How he felt is wrong. Well, exactly. You can you can comment on his actions and like how he dealt with how he felt, but is he wrong in feeling that way? I don't think so. Not necessarily. Um, no. And what was the other thing I was going to say? I well, what I was going to say also is that so not only does this Twitter ranting continue to impact how we view Kanye as a person, 
How do you think it's affecting the reception to this album? Because the interesting thing, and, and we'll obviously we'll get into this, but a lot of what I've heard thrown around in some reviews that are more negative or at least more middle of the road, the fives and six out of tens of the world, and there are those. Mm -hmm. This album's actually kind of running the gamut in terms of, of mediocre to good reviews. Um, a lot of the criticisms are that it's the unfinished quality. So here's the question is, do you think if he hadn't been so public about the production of this and all the track list changes and all the releases, do you think that perception remains the same or do you think that that's the reason it's happening is that is all so fresh in everyone's mind? Like, oh, of course it sounds unfinished. He just finished it. We all know that because he told us. So that's a really good question. So I think if all that isn't playing out over Twitter, the, the, the reaction is not as, wow, this is an unfinished product. However, I think some of those reviews are still there because, let's face it, this album sounds unfinished. Like, is that, is that a self-fulfilling prophecy just because we know that information? I don't know, because a lot of it, and we'll get into this, does feel like sketches. Well, that's the thing, and like how, and I guess that criticism happens with albums often. Like if you, I, the one that for some reason jumps right to my mind is like First Impressions of Earth by The Strokes. Totally different album, but a lot of the criticism that came out of that was it's too long, and there's too many songs that feel like not fleshed out. They're just like a cup. It's like a, an idea, and that's it. Um, and I think that would probably have shown through with this album. I do think if he were less public about the production and all that, it would have been less a part of the rhetoric in discussing the album I, at this I point. I agree. And it's starting to... It's almost like you can't look away from it now. Sorry uh, to cut you right. off. Right. No, it's okay. It, it feels like this album is starting to just be something that will never actually be finished because he's already said he's going to go back and fix Wolves yeah. after the the album was released. Yeah. Like, who knows what else he's going to change in the meantime? And, like, are we ever going to get it to a place where he's completely happy or we ever feel like we have a set track list? Because even now, it's just like, well, what, what happened to the 10-song track list we had before? Like, what yeah. is that... The true artistic vision, like, and what's going on? And with all the changes and all the different things that have happened with this album, it, this is a random weird thought I had, but it reminded me in a strange way of, of the Beach Boys' Smile, that album Smile, which eventually got made years later, and they also released the Smile Sessions. Basically, it was Brian Wilson's idea of like a magnum opus to even improve on pet sounds. And I wonder if in a different era, say that say Life of Pablo came out in the 70s or 60s, is that the fate of this album? It just like never comes out because Kanye can't can't finish it in a way he wants. Because what we got was he kept sort of testing the waters. He'll release it this way. He'll pull back. Now he's gonna add tracks. Oh, now he's gonna pull tracks away. Now he's gonna change this song. Now he's gonna add this song back in. And with you know Brian Wilson, who I brought up, another example of a tortured tortured genius of music. Not a mean person. Not someone who people hated, but someone who was deeply mentally ill. Um, and I think that played a factor in how he worked with his music. It's the perfectionism. Do you think in another era that was what the fate of Life of Pablo is? And it becomes this mytholis, uh, mythologized? Is that a word? Yeah. Mythologized? Yeah. I might, sure. It, a myth of an album. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a great point. I think it probably does. And I think he kind of, maybe he saw this happening. He's like, wow, I might never actually finish this. And in a moment of clarity, he's like, I'm tweeting it's coming out on February 11th. Mm. So I have something I have to work towards. That's a, that, that I think actually might have been what happened, actually. That makes a lot of sense. Because from what I understand, he like didn't have like bars written for a lot of these songs before. The same thing happened with Yeezus as well. Like, Rick Rubin was like, 
yeah, he came to me with just like sketches of stuff and beats. He didn't have any of the, the verses written. Which is crazy, and it actually speaks to how kind of good he is and right. what he does. Um, but maybe he could have used till like March 11th on this yeah. one on some of the songs. Not yeah. to say it's bad, and we'll get into it like we said. But, sure. Um, I, so I think one of the last things to talk about is what's this going to be looked at in the future? Like, what's the legacy of this album? It's too it's too soon to tell. Yeah. But like, are is this release? Start and stop in the changes. Is that going to affect how we think about it? Yeah. I So it's, I've been thinking about this, and I just was wondering where... So when you look back at... Say you look at the Who's catalog or or the Beatles or something, and with every album... So you know what? You could probably compare this to is like Let It Be by the Beatles because it's an album that was done during a period of great turmoil, and so it's not fair really to compare it to the Beatles because with them it was within the group. It was infighting. It was discord there but Kanye's life seems to be in a similar position and there it's like an album that is mired with sort of just confusion and and not really knowing what the finished product's going to be or if there will be a finished product I want so say 30 years down the road it's just interesting to think about Kanye's discography so he comes out with we'll just go back to 2010 he comes out with his masterpiece my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh in 13 he comes out with Yeezus Almost like the OK Computer, Kid A, like Bang Bang, stylistic, total 180, but equally, arguably equally genius in their way. I think most people lean towards Twisted Fantasy, but you could make an argument for Yeezus. And what comes next is sort of a confounding, who knows what this is all about, album. Do we gain more appreciation for this in, in 30 years? I don't think we do. Really? I, I don't think we do. I think history will... Tell us that Twisted Fantasy was his apex. Um, Yeezus was kind of the plateau of that. Yeah. And he's on the back backdraft of his later career right now. Yeah. I think that's what it's going to show. And I, I, I was talking with, with Ian, big friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. At work about this. And I was like, doesn't this album art feel like that weird outlier of like you look at it and you're like, oh, that was the one that like isn't so great. What do you think really quick about the album art? We don't have this on our notes, but I think it's an interesting discussion. What do you think of the album cover? It's okay. The orange is like a gross orange. I do like the all the text of that says The Life of Pablo that like almost has this 3D thing going with it. Yeah. The random pictures I don't love. Like I, I don't love this I, album cover. It's okay. It's it's kind of a good comparison for what the album is yeah i like but don't love it i <laughs> right? they're like there's cool parts yeah, yeah yeah i like don't love the cover <clears throat> i think twisted fantasy and yeezus have all-time classic covers in that yeezus has no cover <laughs> just an orange piece of tape and twisted fantasy has just that just it's literally pornographic yeah but it, it's this ornate just it, it, they both they capture their albums really well mm-hmm. and you can say the same about this I I, I I guess it's too early to have this discussion, but it's interesting to think about how this album art and just album in general will be viewed in the future. And we, there's no way to know yet. But I mean, I guess in breaking it down, we can have some idea. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think the the next part of this is actually breaking down each yes, each of the tracks on on this album. Um, so we're gonna just go through. Jake and I both have thoughts on on all these tracks. So we're gonna start off with track number one, which is 
Ultra Light Beam. Starts off with a bang here. This track is a highlight on the album. It's one of the best. It's, you could argue it's like a top three or four track on the album. If you wanted, you could argue it's the it's, best song. Yep. You really, you could. Yep, you could. So what I think is really interesting about this is it's, it has limited Kanye on this song. Yeah. He, he only, like, sings, like, the, the hook. Yeah. Um, oh, and the chorus that comes in is awesome. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So this is, I think... The song more than any other that he was referencing when he says the album's a gospel album. There's definitely, definitely other songs that that pay homage to gospel music. Mm -hmm. This is the one the most by far in that I think it has an actual gospel choir in the mix. Um, And so, like, my thoughts were that it's a great opener overall. Um, Probably, you could argue it's, like, the most memorable song or in the top three, like you said. Um, And so this was the take I wanted to bring up. And I was mentioning it to Sean before the podcast, and I was excited Chance the Rapper is on this this track, and he has a really, really good verse. And uh, in it, he has this line that is a callback to... Otis. Uh, right. Which is a callback to Jesus Walks. Right. And what Kanye says in the song Otis is, I made Jesus Walks, I'm never going to hell. Chance, in this song, comes in with, a, I think, one of the best verses, one of the best straight-up rap verses on the album. He says, I made Sunday Candy, I'm never going to hell. I met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail. And this brought up this idea to me. Is Chance the Rapper actually this album's brightest star and, like, the person who shines through the the best? And here's my points for for why, and you can feel free to refute me, and that's fine. If you look back at... So Waves is a a song he fought hard to get on this album. A moment of clarity on his part, because Waves is great, and we'll get to Waves. The Blame Chance... Uh, thing that happened where Kanye released an alternate cover that said blame Chance for it not coming out and Chance went on Rap Genius and annotated the lyrics for um, for Ultra Light Beam it, to me it feels like like Chance the Rapper is really one of the people who shines through on this album big time I would completely agree with that and I'll go a step further though and I'll say one of Kanye West's greatest strengths is being this expert curator of talent yeah. and grabbing yep. these people at exactly the right time on the come up of their career and sticking him them on one of his albums. It happened with Nicki Minaj and Monster. It happened with uh, Justin Vernon, Bonnie Iver. It happens with all of these guys over the course of Kanye's career. He's like, I like what they're doing. Yeah. I'm going to release what they're doing to a wider audience by showcasing them on my album. And he does this time and time again, and I think it's one of his most underrated skills as an artist. He's, he's yeah. just this curator who has such a good understanding of who's talented, who can offer him something. He does a really, really good job. Not to mention Sunday Candy, a Donnie Trumpet song. Yep. Donnie Trumpet shows up on this as well. The little, the little. Uh, that's right. Trumpet on there. Well, and this is the interesting thing is that you made. That's a perfect point. That's actually a great point. I think that that's one thing that flies in the face a little bit of this perception of Kanye as a true just ego case, or like a head case. And I mean, he certainly is. That impression I think is it stands to to what he's done, and it it's true. But at the same time, he has never shied away from giving the limelight up. And I, no. I and. Certainly, he must know that Chance steals the show on this song, and he pro- it seems like Kanye like lives for that. And I think that goes back to his root as a producer first. Yes, I, I totally he knows agree. He, Kanye, above all else, what I'll always appreciate about him, and it comes through on this song as well as on any other on this album, 
is that he has just a great ear. He has a he's like an all time great ear for what's gonna sound nice and sound right. And for someone with such a huge ego, he takes a back seat on this. Like you said, he's in it very yeah. limitedly, and I think this feels like one of the most complete and finalized tracks on the album, start to finish. Oh, without a doubt. Which I think is important to note going forward. So this is, in our opinion, one of the highlights. It's yeah. probably like a top three track, if not one of the best. You should probably have already heard this song, but you should give it a listen. For sure, for sure. Moving on to track um, two. So track two is Father Stretch My Hands, part one. So this has a really cool sample intro. Um, it has this hook of Beautiful Morning. Yeah. You got a nice little Sean version of that. Those, yeah. Um, so it's, the thing is, though, this is only, this track's only two minutes and 15 seconds. This, this is the first of many that just feel unfinished. It feels like a sketch of an idea. He has the Beautiful Morning hook, like a cool sample. I don't know what else to make of this. This is what I have in my notes, and this kind of appears often throughout the track list. I wrote, nice production, Kanye's verse isn't amazing, nice to listen to. That sort of That's... describes this song and many songs on this album. And um, also, quick note, the first few lines about the bleached asshole Thank you, stuff thank you. Okay. Are kind of gross. They are. I, it, okay, it, it, the line is like, if I fuck this model, or like... And she bleached her, her asshole. And I get bleach on my t-shirt, I'm going to feel like an asshole. That's maybe the most like eye roll inducing Kanye line ever. Like, yeah. dude, you just had this beautiful gospel song, uh, like, and now you're coming in with like bleached assholes. Right, that's the first thing you hear. I remember like when I heard it, I was like, oh, it's one of those moments where when I heard it, I had that teetering point where like, is this genius or is this bad? And I teetered quickly towards bad. It's like, bad. it just feels sort of not tasteful. It's not. It, it sucks. Like, I I don't like it. That's one of the knocks on this song. One of the knocks yeah. on this album is there's questionable lyrics throughout. That's one of them. I I roll from me. And here's another note I have you know, on this song, and this will continue as we go through. Is Kanye's relationship with Kim just an open relationship? That's he, a good question. So it's something that gets brought up in thirty hours later on. Because here he is talking about having sex with a model. Right. And. And he openly references it, like you said, in another song, which we'll get to. But we should move on to the third track, which yeah. is... Uh, it's just called Part 2, really, but it's Father Stretch My Hands Part 2. Yep. On the track list, it's just called Part 2. So What do you think? I think better than Part 1. So, yeah, it's better than Part 1. It's a decent track. It's, like, about his dad with auto-tune. But, again, this is only two minutes, and it feels like kind of a sketch of a song. What I would have liked to have seen is a more fleshed-out version of part one, yep. a more fleshed out version of part two, just combine those into one song. That's exactly what I wrote in my notes about this song was, I really want to love this two-parter. Like, this feels like this should be cinching this album already as classic, already as good. This is a two-parter off the bat after this awesome gospel song. And in my third listen, in my fourth listen, in my fifth and sixth listens of these songs... It just wasn't happening. I just it, there was never a point where I was like, I love this as a two-parter. I love these tracks, and t- like you gotta the second and third tracks on an album are essential. They're really important. Like these again, the, these aren't bad songs. It's, no. it's enjoyable to listen to. But and, and what I wrote is like, is that substantial enough? Is just being enjoyable enough? No. If Kanye's going for thirty out of ten classic status, these two songs aren't doing it. They're just they're fine. They're good. Not what we expect from him. Well, here's the question that I have, though, is, and this is jumping back to track two, but 
That's the most popular streaming on Tidal right now, which happens to be the only place to listen to this album. Right. What do you think is going on there? What Are we missing something? Uh, I don't know. There was a lot of controversy about that bleached asshole line. Maybe people were just checking that out. Maybe. Or... Sometimes when albums come out, like just weird songs end up floating to the top. I don't know. Or maybe people like the auto-tune Kanye better than I do. Maybe they do. What I will say, actually, about part two is there's a cool part at the end. It's like yes. this Imogen, Imogen yes. Heap-sounding like auto-tune at the end. Yeah. It's like, Kanye, this, this again, though, feels like just a cool yeah. idea the that part got that's like, tacked on. can I find yeah. you? That part yeah. is awesome. It's, yeah. And I, I, that's like my favorite part of the song. Yeah. And this, I think, is like something that we'll get into with other songs where... I was thinking to myself here and on another point on another song, this shouldn't be my favorite part. This right. little snippet here at the end shouldn't be the part like I most look forward to and the saving grace of the song almost. Right. It's like, and this goes back to the sketches and ideas. Like, you have a good idea. You didn't, you clearly didn't flesh this out. This maybe could have been the centerpiece of the song. Maybe this was the main hook and you, you just didn't go all the way with it. Yeah, it just, it does feel like... If you have a two-parter, you're already you're you're telling the listener there's kind of a concept here, there's a unifying theme. From what I can tell, it's that idea of like I need to be liberated thing. I don't know what that's about. I maybe I need to listen more. I don't I, know. From what I can tell, there's not a tongue going on here. There's not. My advice, because I'm obviously a genius, just like <laughs> Kanye, and I can I can craft albums with the best of them. Just put part one and part two together. Make it one song. Fully flesh out the good ideas that are on it. Yeah. Make it one song. Well, and, and again, for the Kanye fans out there, I wouldn't look at this as a shitting on it, this song. It's, oh, no. Like these, or these songs, they're, they're good, but I think if you really like Kanye, you'll listen and think the same. It's not what you've come to expect from, from what Kanye can bring to the table. Let's move to the next song. So track number four is Famous. This one also had a little bit of controversy surrounding a it. A lot of bit of controversy. So, and it's all, it's all due to the, the line about Taylor Swift in this. Yeah. Uh, so... Rihanna shows up in the chorus on this. She's good. Here's okay. This is what I thought about the Rihanna thing. I wrote Rihanna part is nice. Really weird. <laughs> it's, it's like the, why? the melody of it. Yeah. I I never can remember what <laughs> note she ends it on. I'm always like, oh, it ends. Up, oh no, it resolves to that note. It's weird. Yeah. Listen to this song and listen to the hook, which which is sung by Rihanna, and it's nice. It's just weird. So which what, is fine because I like weird. What this screams to me. Is Rihanna came into the studio one day. She laid a hook down. Kanye just had a snippet of this hook. Didn't know what song it was going to be on. And he's like, I'm throwing it into Famous. Well, because what happens with it is it's not, it doesn't, the Rihanna hook doesn't really sound like the rest of the song. <laughs> it And it, so here's the other point is I really like Famous. I actually do really I do like too. this song. I do too. Um, and I wrote that on my sixth listen. This might be one of my favorites. Maybe top five, maybe top six. One of my favorite parts about it is... I like the the sample that he has when he goes. I he says I made that bitch famous. God damn! Oh, that, oh, like, oh the, okay. I, the voice that says God damn. Yeah. I like the sound of it and like the way it fits in the in the beat. So a couple things here. The Taylor line, I think it's completely unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Yeah. It, it's it. You had already made up with her. You guys were cool yeah. after the VMA thing. And now you go back and, and drudge all this up again, and now everyone hates you again about on, it. On the, by the same token, though, I'm not going to go to bat for choir girl Taylor Swift. Listen, I like Taylor Swift, 
but she plays victim so hard in this whole thing. It's like, Taylor, you're kind of a prima donna too. You, like, start beefs with a lot of people. And, and you know what I mean? It's like, it, just get over it. Get over it. Right. However, what I'll say to that is, like, Kanye, this notion that you made her famous is oh, it's laughable. Crazy. Yo, it's because, crazy. like, not a chance. It's to- No, it's unfounded. I'm just saying that I don't care about Taylor Swift's feelings. Like a lot of people seem to. Right. Really I, I, no, I, I see what you're saying. But, like, th- I don't think that makes Kanye calling her out for literally no reason, nope. like, any better. No. All I'm saying is I just don't really feel bad. I'm not like, oh, no, Taylor. I just think it's annoying that he yeah. would just bring this up oh, again. Oh, I, I agree with you. It's stupid. what this screams to me is, like, this is just kind of an attention grabber line for me. He's like, oh, oh, Kanye's bringing up the Taylor Swift thing again. Yep. Look at Kanye. And that's exactly what happened because... The internet went wild with this over the weekend and when this lyric came out. It's stupid, and like you said, it's not very well thought out. No, it's the, not even the, funny or clever. Because he didn't make her famous. No, and this is... Taylor was insanely famous already. Right, and this is another one of those like eye-roll lines from him that go along with bleached asshole. It's like, okay, dude, fine, you're bringing up Taylor again. I don't care. It's not funny. It's not clever. I'm not like on your side, and I'm on anyone's side. I just don't care. All that being said... I do really like this song. I, I like the, the feel of it. Kanye, I like what he's doing on this track. I like, like I said, the goddamn I, uh, sample. There's, there's some good lines in this song, like people trying to be Kanye fresh and yeah, like yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Um, I really like the... There's a sample towards the end. It's like the... Bum, 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 body, bum, like that. There's like this cool sample that, like, just again comes out of nowhere. And that's like my favorite thing about Kanye is the cool samples you get here and there throughout an album that you're like, it's always these ear candy moments. Yeah, and it's, but again, this feels like it comes out of nowhere. And uh, this song with the Rihanna hook, with Kanye's verses, with these random samples coming in, it feels like more of a collection of cool ideas than a fully fleshed out. Song. It, it doesn't feel totally cohesive. Um, I want to jump to track five. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about this one. I So I don't know what you're feeling. So track five is called Feedback. Yeah. Um, I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this one, probably because there's no reason to, because it's not controversial. But this is like one of my top three favorite beats on the whole album. Me too. So the feedback comes from the actual production, yeah. which is really, really cool, because yeah. it sounds like amp or guitar feedback it is yeah, i think it's it's actual feedback coming off an amp and they made it into this beat i think kanye's like flow and his general like the motif of this song which is the y'all sleeping on me huh had a good had snooze. a good snooze yeah um wake up wake up that whole part fits really well over the beat and i i find myself on every listen consistently enjoying uh feedback me too i really like that specific yep. lyric yep. He has a couple other really good ones in this that I think people are looking over. The first one, hands up, we just doing what the cops taught us. Yeah. Like, this is Kanye for once talking about an issue that Kendrick Lamar would be talking about. He doesn't do it with as much grace or finesse as Kendrick does. But that's not how Kanye But that's not Kanye. I like that he's acknowledging this and, like, giving a shout. Yeah. That's cool. Um, You don't see much of this on the album anywhere else. No. Which is okay. Another line. The, okay, so this is actually one of my my favorites on the album is name one Jesus yep. genius that ain't crazy. That's exact. That's the one I wrote down on my list too, and I think that is really telling of where he is in his life right now, and where he's been for like five six years at this point. And I, you know, we touched on this before. Look back on any artistic genius throughout history, and they're. Usually crazy or volatile or cutting their ears off and stuff. Right. Like this it's true. 
and this is some self-awareness from Khan. He's like, look, I know how I come across, but like, this is a product of my genius. Yeah. Which I can't really fault him for. I think it's, there's little, see, and this is what's so frustrating about Kanye, is there's little pieces of self-awareness that shine through throughout the entire album. And you're like, wait a minute, he gets it. He's not like, it's like he has like these lucid moments. Totally. And, and I think, so he's never been modest, but I think there, okay, it's not modest to say name one geni- genius that ain't crazy, but it, it's calling a spade a spade in mm-hmm. a way that's, like, it's honesty. Mm-hmm. And if you view yourself as a genius because you've been called a genius by thousands and by critics, and every album you put out is acclaimed just like crazy, how are you going to not think that? How are you going to not, and how are you going to not attribute your own weird eccentricities to that? Right. I, the, I actually, I, I wrote that down too. I like that line. I do too. I, I really do too. And I think just in general, feedback is uh, one of the highlights on the album as well. It's good, I, it's I agree. I want to start the next one. Go ahead. So the track six, the track six is called Low Lights. And so I, on one of my, like, I think it might have been my fourth listener or whatever, I was taking notes and I wrote, God, question mark? Because this, is, this song starts off with a woman who's talking about, basically testifying about someone, a he, a him. And so I was, like, okay, being a gospel album, like Kanye said, it's probably God. So I wrote, God, question mark? Probably. And then quoted, sky above will open up and he'll reach, his hand, reach out his hand. And I wrote, so yeah. <laughs> um... So, what are your thoughts on this song? Okay. <laughs> I think Low Lights is a great name for this because it's arguably the worst track on the album. Really? I, I honestly, at this point, I've listened like seven times. I, I'm, I've listened enough where I just want to skip it now. I don't care about this song. Kanye's not on it at all. I've listened enough where I'm like, I get it. Yeah. It's just a slow gospel track with no Kanye. I, I don't care is about there, this song. And I... Might be forgetting. Is there even that much singing on it? No, it's, it's like almost like a spoken word. It's like a spoken track. word thing with this woman talking about God, and I just feel like I'm supposed to feel more from it than I do. I don't get a lot out of this one. Uh, we're not religious people, so maybe we're not the target audience. Not I do particularly. not care about this song. Do you think there are people who are out there who are being significantly moved by this maybe. song? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know, maybe. maybe it's reaching them. We can kind of move on. Yeah, There's not a lot to say see, about See, this is a song. perfect example of a song that like should just be cut from this album. It doesn't yeah. need to be here. Well, we'll get into that because I think you. there are things I like about that. I like the overall feel of it. I like the, the instrumentation and the, the production behind it. And I think that what she's saying is moving in a way. It's not particularly moving to me and maybe not to you. I think it... For the target demo of this album, though, maybe I don't know if this would be necessarily a cut, but like I mean, you said, you think it's your least favorite. It's one of them. Okay, because I have, I have, oh, I have others. A couple <laughs> least favorites. Yeah, I do too. Um, moving on. Do you want to take it? Number seven is highlights, which again, like this, I don't totally love this song either. Like the chorus of like we only making the highlights is cool. Like I like that. The Ray J line is another eye roll, like, line that doesn't need to be there from Kanye. As is the whole thing about wearing a GoPro on his dick. Yeah, like, dude. Um, I did... This, I, you know what? This song's actually filled with lines I don't like. There's another one, and this might have slipped by a lot of people. Um, there's a line about impregnating Bridget. I, I guess Bridget is one of the people who 
Bill Cosby raped. Whoa. And it's like not... Wow. I don't know what he totally means by this, but even just the... Just bringing it up, the implication is not a great look. That slipped by me. And I, I there's a good verse near the end of this song in terms of just flow and energy. I didn't... I missed some of those lyrics, but... Again, the idea of this open relationship comes up. He he has the line, need every bad bitch to do something. I don't remember to do what or whatever. Um, and I'm wondering, like, again, what's he up to? Is he, like, out swinging at parties? Is he doing, like, is he still getting strange with just random women and stuff? I, I like, think this album would indicate maybe. It seems like he might be. Um, I did okay. note that I like... One bit in the middle, there's this little bit of piano that sounds really nice. It's part of the production. I like some of that. And I think you can make that argument about like every single one of these songs. is like the production's good. Some of the other stuff that goes along with it isn't fully fleshed out or isn't totally worthwhile some of the time. Yeah. I and think this song is a little bit forgettable. So this actually is a good parallel to tracks two and three, The Father Stretched My Hands, part yeah. one and part two. Low Lights, Highlights, it was the same thing where... I I kept I listened to these ones again after I finished a full listen of the album. I was like, I need to better understand what those are about. And I just feel like this song, so low lights obviously is the spoken word thing, and then you get to highlights, and for me it was a little bit in one ear out the other. I never felt like totally engaged by what's going on in this. I I mean you I guess it could just be not one of my favorites, but I I don't know. I mean to me, nothing incredibly exciting is happening nope. on this one. and I think that's a perfect segue into track number eight, which is Freestyle 4. Mm-hmm. This is another perfect example of an unfinished sketch of an idea yeah. that doesn't need to be on the album. I, I don't care about this song. So I would... So I listened twice today. One at the beginning of the day, one at the end of the day. When I listened later, I was digging it a little more. I I don't love it. It's not. It would be like bottom half probably for me of the songs on here. Um, and and I think it is a track that could have been cut, although although it's pretty insane. The whole thing where he's talking about being at a party at like this gala, and he's like, "If we just start fucking right now, would everybody start having sex?" <laughs> right. The imagery in that is is at least funny, and it is at least like kind of insane. And I one thing I kind of appreciate about this is I think there's. I feel a little callback to some Yeezus style production on here. Very sparse, industrial. So there are things I like about it, but I agree. If you were going to make a, a, a severely cut back version, this would be one of the last yeah, cuts. Yeah, and like, look, we've had those types of lyrics from Kanye before. We've had those themes before. On repeat listens, this is a track where you're like, okay, what? you're not bringing anything new to the table. You're not bringing anything that I really care about. Yep. Also, there's like this future impersonator kind of at the end a little bit like right. that like sing-songy like rap voice oh that I, kind like of, I might not even be remembering it that kind of pops up this like future impersonator like throughout the album yeah is kanye a little bit like intimidated by future success is he like trying to cash in on that i don't know either that or he's just like tapping into the different sounds he hears i'm not yeah. sure I, so i i don't know i just don't I don't really care about Freestyle 4. I think we just had a stretch of like three, four songs in a row that just aren't great. Well, what we had was we had The Father Stretch My Hands, Part 1 and Part 2, which neither of us love. Then we had Famous and Feedback, which I think we both agree are are good. I I think, for me, Feedback is... It's in the top half of this album, maybe top third of songs for me. Um, And then Low Lights, Highlights, not a big fan. Freestyle Number 4, or just Freestyle 4, decent... Yeah. salvageable like there are parts I like sure. I like the energy 
I don't care about it as a song. So then we come back with track number nine, which is really not even a track. This is like a quick, like... And, and it's not fair to put it to, to the same no, scrutiny. Although, you know what? I like this better than Freestyle 4 highlights and lowlights, actually. It's called I Love Kanye. It's like 45 seconds. It's yeah. Kanye just rapping over nothing. Acapella it's, rap. Acapella rap. It's really self-aware. It, it's all about how like people miss the old Kanye. Yeah. I just want you to cut up the beats, Kanye. Um, yeah. What if Kanye made a song called "I Miss the Old Kanye"? Wouldn't that this... be so, Kanye? Yeah, I, I, so I have, I like this one. I enjoy, like, obviously, I enjoy listening to this one. It's fun. It's not much more than that. It's right. not really supposed to be. It's forty-five seconds long. I think it's smart, though. It is smart, and I actually I agree. I liked this the first time I heard it. I like it now. It's getting to the point where I can now maybe safely skip it because oh, yeah. I've heard it six times right. and like there's not a whole lot more to unpack. Right. But um, I also like the way he says Kaye. He just kind of skips his end. Yeah. Kaye. Yeah. And it, I, it, it, it's a, like you said, I mean, there's nothing really else to say. It's a nice little ditty. One. It's 45 seconds of Kanye rapping about himself, which probably not sounds. Not a surprise. Yeah. So now we get into like the best yeah. part of the album, yeah. actually. With number ten, waves. Ooh. This is you, Jake. You said this is one of your favorites. This is one of my favorites. I really love this song, and I don't know what. Well, yeah, I can safely say I don't know what Kanye was smoking when he thought he should cut this song. And so, like we said before, Chance the Rapper, who's featured prominently on this album, I think made one of the saving moves in releasing the tracklist in saving waves. This is a really, really good song. It's got this just catchy as hell hook by Chris Brown. Um, and if there's a knock on it, it's there's not much memorable from Kanye going on, in my opinion. He kind of starts the song off with some lines I don't remember, really. I don't um, either. But I'm really happy that Chance did fight to save this song. Um, you know, and I just, I don't know, is it a problem that as I'm making my way through this track list... I'm finding myself not remembering or loving a lot of Kanye lines. I think that's indicative so, of the entire album. So like, we're, at, that's... But, like we're at track 10, and so if this is going to be an album that gets critically, critically acclaimed, which it has in some circles, and Kanye thinks it should continue to be and be even more acclaimed, I should be remembering more specific things he said. Like, I should have more... You should be remembering parts that are... For, for them being good, rather than I'm rolling my eyes yeah. at this... Ray J line or this bleached asshole line, right. like those are the parts that I've been remembering. Yeah. I have, you're right. I have, my favorite parts are the parts by other people on this album so far. So uh, yeah, that's not a great look. Uh, the Chris Brown chorus is great, even though Chris Brown as a person is has his own faults and has received a lot of criticism, just like Kanye has. Is there some part of him that likes having a Chris Brown on here and is look looking like, hey? You know, I'm like this guy has kind of revived his image a little bit. Yeah. You know, are we birds of a feather here? That's definitely possible. Interesting to see Chris Brown and Rihanna both featured on the track list. That's here. right. That's um, right. After their uh, tempestuous past. That's right. I hope I use that word right. I'm going to look it up after, okay. and it's going to be wrong. <laughs> so uh, I want this is I, I've mentioned a lot that like a lot of these songs just feel like unfinished ideas or sketches. This one feels like one of the more finished, yeah. complete songs. Which. Leads me back to one of my points, which is like, why was this on the cutting room floor? I don't, I don't know. Did Did Chance save it that much that it that I, it was not a complete song and he made it a complete maybe. song? I don't understand what it like could have been going on there. Maybe because I like again, I really like this, and maybe you could argue it's not like one of the better actual rap songs on here. I think as a pop song, it's great. Yeah. 
and, and yeah, so I don't know. I don't really understand. And I think one of the other interesting things is that the production here is really nice, like we've been saying with a lot of these, and that's usually my favorite part and like the calling card for Kanye West albums. Usually he's just bringing a little more to the table with his raps too. That's very true. Uh, so Waves, another highlight, definitely worth checking out. So track number 11 is called FML. Um, so in my opinion, this is another highlight. I like this song. It has the weekend on for, for a hook. Uh, so this song is talking all about Kanye being faithful. Now, you had brought up, like, does he have an open relationship? This seems to directly defy that notion because he's, he's like, I need to give up these bad bitches, like, that kind of... <laughs> Like, something I can't relate to in any way. <laughs> um, but, like, is this kind of a response to some of the subject matter that was on Yeezus? Because if you remember, Yeezus was all about, like, just a lot of kind of graphic sex stuff. Just And he's like, he mentions in this song, he's like, I've been living my life, like, there's no limits. It's like, is he realizing, like, I got to reel it down. I'm a family man now. I have two kids. I have a wife. Do I need to stop some of this or I'm going to fuck up my life? Yeah, possibly. And I think actually one of the interesting things is that this album and a lot of, I don't know how far back this song dates, but a lot of the songs on here and the overall lineage of the songs that ended up on this, a lot, some of them date back to Twisted Fantasy. These, some of these are like older ideas and sketches and songs is what I was reading. It's possible this is like something he came up with post Jesus around there, or like maybe when he just met Kim or something and he was still kind of screwing around with other people. I think you also get an interesting look into his life. He makes a reference to Lexapro, so I would, an yeah, antidepressant. I wanted to mention this because, you know, we've had we've had other Kanye drug references, like it's not funny anymore, uh, or looking at me like I'm sniffing coke. Yeah. Uh, it's not funny anymore, try a different joke. Kanye's gone from, like, name-dropping coke to name-dropping Lexapro, yeah. which, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to. Uh, it's interesting, though, because he seems to be r self-aware, again, of, like, his mental health. Well, yeah, like, just credence to the idea that there probably is something going on with Kanye's mental health here. I mean, it's an antidepressant, so yep. he probably is dealing with some depression, maybe even, like... I mean, we can't speculate, obviously, but maybe something more severe. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I mean Lexapro, um, you know, antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication could be a mix of both. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised with Kanye. Um, one of my favorite lines on this is, they don't want to see me love you about, I, I can only assume about Kim in this notion that the general public only wants the, like, crazy Kanye, the, the guy who, you know, things are falling apart around him. You know, we're not too interested in the family man Kanye or the, you know, happy home life Kanye. I wouldn't... You sound like him on I Love Kanye. That's right. Um, I would agree with that thought, though, that, like, they don't want to see me love you. People aren't interested in that. People only expect him to have all this crazy stuff going on. So I think... It's, it's like how so many rock bands put out their best, most interesting stuff when they were drug addicts or junkies or partying a lot and probably in unhappy parts of their life right um but we as the consuming public uh of these of these albums uh sometimes react to that in a more positive hey. way and not as positive to when they're happier and i i, I want to get into more of this when we talk about wolves but like is part of the reason why kanye is the way that he is because of us and what we expect of him and kind of the pressures we've put on him and the magnifying glass that he's under, and the pedestal that we put him on. Yeah, but I think that, that that's true of any high-profile artist. 
Um, and I think there are others who definitely handle it with more aplomb. But if you're already prone to mental illness yeah. and you already don't have the best mental health, this type of situation we put in only amplifies that and only makes it worse. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a give and take there, though. It's not totally fair to say any we, like the idea of we put him here. He also put himself here by choosing this life. He could have, you know, not pursued music if he, you know what I mean? Like, there, there's the argument that it's like kind of a give and take. I, it's not really the fans. If he, he, he rose up and released these albums, right. people love him. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't know if it's really fair to cast blame on any, like, you know. No, but I'm just looking. Well, I, I'm, I'm talking hypothetically in the sense that everyone looks at Kanye as this crazy guy, yeah. but they don't want to look in the mirror and be like, well, this is what we want. Right. This We, we love yeah. this. They're, right. We're, we're, we're quick to judge. We're quick to, to throw the first stone. But you, you love this. We all love this. Yeah. We eat it up. Like you said, it's like a car wreck. Yeah. We're not going to look away. Well, and... and... This is a great example. I mean, you look at what we're doing right now. We're both Kanye fans, and to any listener, it probably sounds like we're tearing this album a little bit apart. Probably. And and this is something he just worked on for a long time, and I'm sure the um, constant rigors of releasing work and having it just be potentially torn apart by a lot of people who like your music is, yeah. I mean, so to that extent, maybe there is some level of blame but again i mean it, you can't feel so bad because it, it comes with the territory of being a public like icon i don't really know it does it does it does and it, there's i mean there's no easy answer it's, i no. think it's just an interesting discussion to to look at it from both sides absolutely um so track number 12 is real friends this was one that yes. we've discussed previously on the podcast it was released uh before this album had come out as a single or or just as a a, a good friday release um so in my opinion this is one of the, the most complete and best songs on the album, Agreed. actually. When it first came out, um, I liked it. I think he beefed up the production. He did some cool stuff okay. with it. It's better on the album. Um, I think he added like a few things, just a few like Possibly. studio flourishes. It just sounds better. Um, it's really, really good. I, yeah, the I think it has some of Kanye's best, most complete, most honest verses lyrics and i think the production this is i think and i've made reference to a couple other songs maybe in the top three or five of my favorite production like the beats on here this is my favorite beat on the album it's so listenable it's so it has it just gives off this essence of sadness it, it just does. feels so eerie and, and sad so one of my favorite parts about this song is that kanye makes a just a relatable family song he talks about yeah. like i don't have time for my family like I can't tell you how many birthdays I've missed. Like, yeah. uh, you know, missing phone calls. Like, can't remember the last time I've seen you. Like, that's all really relatable stuff that I think a lot of people, you know, you don't have to be famous to not keep in touch with your family. And I think he makes a pretty relatable track about this. And that's one of the reasons why it comes across as one of the best on the album. It's not just the production. It's his, his most um, memorable, I think, verses on this. And it's just a really relatable song, <laughs> except for the fact that he's talking about how he had to buy his laptop back for $250,000 from his cousin. That's not problems that, you know, you or I face, but... Because he had, like... <laughs> sex tapes on sex it. Sex videos on it, which we discussed in a previous podcast. Right. That was a little tidbit I pulled out when yeah. I first heard this song. And he makes reference to that in another song. But, um, yeah, I just think that this song is... When I am done listening to the album, this is one of the ones that's the most consistently stuck in my head. And the... It is like on this album, 
and it's not as good, obviously, but it, it's it's like this album's sort of um, runaway. It's which is a song off of Dark Twisted Fantasy. It's him doing that thing Kanye does where he swings low and he is honest for a minute. He's open for a minute. He's humble for a second, and he lets us in. But it's not to last. It never is because throughout the album, it's bravado. This you know. Bleached asshole that. Chest puff that, you know, bleached yep. asshole that. Um, and then you get this moment of, of humility and moment of a little bit of family Kanye, which I think maybe a lot of people... I think that's why it's resonating. I, I would I would completely agree. I think the other great thing, and this goes to track number 13, which is Wolves. I love that the end of Real Friends flows into the start of Wolves with... They both have this, like, sad production and like sound that they, they kind of just flow into each other really really well so the beat on wolves is this high-pitched vocal sample mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is that carolyn shaw who's one of the people who's featured on this track i couldn't figure that it, out it must be I, at first i thought it was sia because w- back when this song was being like i heard earlier versions of this song and it was featuring sia and vic mensa and I thought it was just Sia doing that because she also had another part in the song. But she's not on this song anymore. Neither is Vic Mensa, or at least not to what I can tell. No, so maybe I don't think it is. is her? This is featuring Frank Ocean and Carolyn. Okay, Shaw. so instead of featuring Vic Mensa and Sia, it's the two of them. And so my thoughts on this song, it was highly hyped in anticipation of the album coming out. Mostly uh, by Sean, and I'm not saying that you overhyped it or anything. It, it, you showed me the version that was a mashup of the fashion show and Saturday Night Live, which maybe some listeners have heard, which was awesome. Um, and in hearing it on the album, I like. I feel like I want to like this song more than I do. I love with a capital L the production. Love the beat. I, I don't necessarily love like what Kanye is doing over it that much. I don't either. I don't really like his verse. Yeah, that's exactly I what I like said it. in my notes. I said Kanye's verse is meh, and the song doesn't quite build like I feel like it's no, trying okay, to. No, okay, so my first listen of this, I was expecting that Vic Mensa and Sia version that we heard on SNL. It builds really, really well. It has that industrial Yeezus, like, like, like just someone wow. banging on a trash can sound to it. It never builds that. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting and was really disappointed when it when I didn't get it. Also, Vic Mensa has this awesome, like, melodic, like, bridge to it that isn't there at all. Right. So he said he's going back to fix it. I really, really hope that we end up with the earlier version of the song that we had heard before. Which goes back to the discussion of, is this album ever going to just be done? Maybe he'll be working on this yeah, in 2020. He might be. Hey, new edit, we have a new version of Real Friends on this version. This is version number 38, and it's now called something else. You never know. And what I wanted to say was, this would actually be one of my favorites on the album if I had never heard that earlier version before. That's a good point. Because it just set me up for disappointment. It just, because it, I think that's exactly it, is I had this impression that there was a build to it. Yeah. And to hear it this way, and because it has very much the feel of a song that will build, um, it has that eerie, sparse production at the beginning with the the high, high-pitched female vocal and Kanye. I think he's auto-tuned yeah. over the top, seeing these like sort of you know quick little snippets. And 
it feels very much like something where you want a section that this could be like a six minute song probably it, it should be that's what it feels like it should and he teases it a little bit towards the end with that Frank Ocean part and then he like pulls it back and it's like that's where it needs to build to the Vic Mensa part I know that's what I noticed too there's that whole section at the end right and it, it, you feel like that should be where the song is going right and in the earlier version it does go that way I do want to say Kanye has an awesome line towards the end and he he's talking about like his two kids he goes Rap Nori, as in his daughter North, in Lamb's Wall, were surrounded by the fucking wolves. So I really like this because it goes back to, like, Connie really cares about his family. He cares about, like, he. I, I really think that in his mind, people are, like, out to get him and his family. He's got to protect his family. Like, and how could surrounded you, by wolves. Well, how could you not feel like that of course. In a, in, when you're living, first of all, you're Kanye West. That's part A. Part B, which is arguably bigger, is you married into the Kardashian uh, cult and <laughs> are being constantly followed by paparazzi probably more than you ever had been before. Right. And every move you make is criticized in every way. That's right. Whether it's a, a comment on Twitter, whether it's a song you're releasing, whether it's you, someone saw you walking with Kim out of a store and you're getting photographed and you don't look the best... And this goes back to what we were just talking about when we were on um, FML, where it's like, maybe we need to look outward at like, what we're doing to this public figure. Like, to any public figure. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a that's, question. That's of, what I mean by yeah. it. Like, he feels like he's surrounded by fucking wolves. Yeah. Like, why does he feel that way? We should probably take a look at, and I'm not saying you or I, I'm just saying in general. Everybody, like, yeah. How we consume celebrity Oh, in America. That's a whole other discussion. It and, is. and I have certainly plenty of thoughts about <laughs> of that. Of course. There's almost nothing I hate more than the celebrity gossip cycle yeah. that goes oh, on. New, it's, yeah. it's absolutely uh, insufferable, in yeah. my opinion. A, a topic for another day. But, I, I mean, I, I, think, I think Wolves might be a perfect microcosm of this album and this release in the fact that there's parts that are really cool and that I really like. But... It's, it sounds great. It sounds great. It's marred by changes and false starts. It just it's everything that I think this album represents. And by leading you up to something that you feel like is has this release or this build up to a, a point and then it kind of peters out. Yep. And so we go from what is probably from waves to FML to real friends to wolves, the strongest core four and straight songs in a row to my least oh, favorite yeah, yes. track on here. Yeah. Um, we have track 14, Silver Surfer Intermission. And so I looked into this. Essentially, this is 50 or so, maybe less, fewer, uh, seconds yep. of of um, rapper Max, Max B calling Kanye, which was recorded. And so this is in light of the, um, the Twitter beef with Wiz Khalifa. And during that, this is a whole stupid story, but so basically in that beef, when Kanye was going to call this album Waves, um, Wiz said uh, that like Max B is the original wavy, because Max B invented the phrase, the term wavy, or coined it at least. And so Kanye wasn't uh, qualified to use it or apply it to something. And so this is Kanye firing back, getting the last word in. Because what it is, is it's Max B basically endorsing Kanye as wavy. It's stupid, and it does like it, almost literally nothing for me. Every time I listen, I want to skip it. This is such a childish move by Kanye to insert this for literally the only reason to prove Wiz wrong. It Like, I don't care about being wavy. I don't give a shit. 
It's obviously a shot across the bow at Wiz. We've already done that. We already had that Twitter battle. We don't need to rehash it. It's the same as the Taylor thing. We don't need to rehash it. Nobody yeah. cares. Well, and maybe he feels he does, and maybe that's, again, a product of being constantly... That's right. Maybe we don't care because right. we're, like, rational people. <laughs> right. Maybe he has this impression based off all the feedback he's getting from... <laughs> You know, paparazzi and just crazed fans and Twitter outrage spinners yep. that people do care. Yep. Also, from just a general track list, like setting up an album standpoint, how is a song like this on the track list and Wolves is on the, not Wolves, sorry, Waves is on the cutting room floor? How? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Is that related in some way because of the wavy thing? He like, now he felt Maybe. like, he's like, oh, now I can use Waves. Because I got endorsed, and so now the track goes back on. I don't know. How is stuff like that happening? I, I and, and what is going on in Kanye's brain where he needs someone like Chance to actively fight to include Waves on the album when shit like this is on there? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't have an answer. I in the cut-down version of this album, this is the first thing gone. Oh, this is this is on the cutting room floor immediately. So... It's like it's like a fifty second song. It doesn't does it need to be here? No, not a, it doesn't. Not a song. Although that's a whole discussion. That's true. That's what true. is and what isn't a song. Track number fifteen, thirty hours. Okay, I really like the beat and production. The, uh, a recurring theme that you've been noticing here. A yeah. lot of these have great production, great beats. This is literally an unfinished song yeah, by it, Kanye. Yeah, and so in, in in my notes about this song, what I wrote was really nice beat, too long overall. Bonus track stuff. So what happens is like, so for two and a half minutes, you have a song. For three more minutes, you have Kanye just riffing and ad-libbing over this beat, which is very listenable. I again, Probably one of my favorite beats on the album. Maybe would have been one of my favorite songs had this been cut out. The cool thing about this is it is amusing. It does feel somewhat genuine. And what you're getting here is um, Kanye... You hear like what sort of his process is in coming up with lines, and so you may have mentioned it earlier how he came to Rick Rubin with Jesus and was basically not finished um, with his the bars or any of the stuff he'd written in terms of lyrics. And what I thought about this song is it's cool in a documentary way. I don't need it on an album, but in a documentary way, it's cool to see a little bit of his process. Where on this, he's like he starts rapping a line. And then just sort of da 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 does through part of it. And he's like, you know, something like that, something like that. And over the beat, it's like he's talking to a producer. But there's a point on this song where he takes a phone call. He takes a, he takes a phone call. And so, like, who, why? Look, the, the beat and the production don't save this song. It's too long. He gets a phone call. Yeah, it's funny the first couple times. It's interesting the first couple times. It's to not hear, listenable after To hear that. his process. I want to skip this song now, like, two minutes in. I'm like, okay, 30 hours. Cool. Skip. Yeah. I Like... This is towards the bottom for me now. The track list I have on here, which, you know, it's a crapshoot because there's probably a thousand versions of this track list, says featuring Andre 3000. Is he on this track? I don't know. I can't pick him out. I I think I got this from Consequence of Sound. Maybe he's the guy singing 30 Hours, or maybe this track list is flawed like it probably is. I have no idea. Um... And because to be fair, I saw that too. I was like, "Oh, Andre 3000." Cool, because Andre 3000's verse on Pink Matter on Channel Orange is Flames, Channel yeah. Orange by Frank Ocean. So I was like, "Oh, maybe we get some Andre magic here." I, from what I can tell, he's not on here. Can't pick him up. He could have filled some of those three minutes <laughs> of just like Kanye ad libbing. Yeah. And maybe when Kanye fixes Wolves in this, like, ever gets a proper release, maybe this will end up being a finished product. I, who knows? It's it see. This is beca- it's becoming frustrating the further and further you get into this album. 
it's it's 30 hours like th- that kind of thing like just what is happening here it's an unfinished track with this with this album what is happening for me at least with like most of the songs here is you have two steps forward three steps back yeah. four steps forward a couple steps back and it just ends up feeling at the end like a slightly positive experience and we're getting to some another one of my favorites um, after this, but 30 Hours is, I think, the exemplar of what is like going on I, with this album. It, I couldn't agree more. It's just, you have some engaging stuff. Production, like we've said time and time again, is great. It's overlong. It's not edited enough. And listen, like you can make arguments all day about artistic and, and stylistic choices, and I would, I'm one of the first people to defend people's right to do an album they want to do. And if what Kanye wanted to do is have a five and a half minute song two and a half minutes of which is finished, three and a half, or three minutes of which is not, fine. But I think we have the right to say that that's a stylistic change we don't like. <laughs> right, exactly. Because it's not, it doesn't bring anything interesting to the table. I will say, I would watch a documentary, like I said, uh, with stuff like this. Oh, I'd watch the shit out of that. It would be, be really that'd be, cool that'd be really to cool. see also, more of process in the booth. I would be really, really interested to learn more about this Kanye think tank. I don't know if you saw that article no. about all the people he has contributing to this. So basically, Kanye treats his albums as just like like a bunch of people in an idea, a bunch of people in a room, like all contributing ideas, and they go with like what's best. And he has all these different collaborators. I would love to know what that dynamic is like, that, and like how that influences these songs. Do you did you get a sense for how far back that started? Because oh, it, go, it goes back far. Because really, it goes back to Dropout. Oh, really? Because yeah. the epitome of that to me is Twisted Fantasy. It is. That's like that. Yeah. Al- well, I wish we could talk about that album. We should. We'll do an episode dedicated to Twisted Fantasy. Maybe at some point. At maybe some on point. A, maybe on the ten year anniversary yeah. in a couple of years. Yeah. If we're podcasting about we music will. in four years, we will be. Um, so the next song which you mentioned is one of your favorites is No More Parties in LA now this is one that we had also talked about we had a lot of controversy about this because I didn't love it Jake Jake did really like it I was happy when it wasn't on the original track list Jake was vindicated it got added back on oh no 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 it was on the original track list then it was off the track list. Then it was back on. <laughs> so Jake and I have kind of gone back and forth over like Twitter and, and texting and just kind of giving each other shit over it. I have to eat some crow right now, though. I have to say the album version of this and where it lives and fits on the album is a lot better than what it was as just an individual song. I think it's Kanye, the same song, though. It is. I'm just saying in the context of the album, oh. it works a lot better. Um, Kanye and Kendrick both bring heat on this in both their verses. Again, it feels like one of the more complete songs on the album. It feels like a complete song. So it, maybe I'm liking it more just because compared to some of the other sketches, this just feels better. So I, okay, I always liked this song a lot. And this is these are my thoughts. It's one of my three to five favorite songs on this album overall. I think this is the best pure rap song on the album by kind of a lot. By kind of a decent margin. There's not a lot... Of verses on this album by Kanye or otherwise, except Chance, there are things here and there that really, really stick with me. This one does. Time and time again, there are just memorable lines from Kanye, from Kendrick. Kills it. I mean, what like that's an amazing collaboration. And sure, you can make the argument Kendrick and Kanye get together, you should be getting a ten out of ten song every time. Right. Even if this song is an eight and a half, I I really like this song. It, it's, it's it's good. If it weren't here on the back half of the track list, 
I would be hard pressed <laughs> to finish this album out. I would because, it, like that again, it boggles the mind that there was a version of this album first without this, without no more parties in L.A., and then without waves. Doesn't make sense. I don't get it. Why would you pull this? So, have you heard from Kanye? This is in one of his other epic Twitter rants when he said, "I'm only releasing this on title." Also. Kendrick and I have 40 songs together. You can only hear them on Tidal. Like, that, those, I guess, are coming. Yeah. Can you imagine a Watch the Thrones type Kanye Kendrick album? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh, that's exciting. And I, I'm i going to go out on a limb and say I don't believe I'm going to call bullshit on this. He doesn't have 40 songs. He could barely finish this album. You might have 40, <laughs> might have 40 like, ideas or sketches. Yeah, there's no you way. don't have 40 songs, dude. I would, I would love... A Kendrick um, Kanye collab album. I would, too. I would maybe love more a Chance and Kendrick Ooh. album. That would be tasty. That'd be nice. I'd That'd be all be in nice. on that. Here's the thing. Bottom line about No More Parties in L.A., I, I really like it. You finally I'm, broke me down on it. I'm really, really happy they didn't cut it. I think it has I, some I of the too, best production on here. It has the two, in my opinion, of like the three or four best rap verses on it in one song. Yep. It it just would be a worse album without it in pretty in a lot of ways. It would. You broke me down. Because the end of this album would not hold together it without would. it. So th- say this is the end of the album, you get Wolves, great. Then you get Silver Surfer Intermission, 30 Hours which is unfinished. No no more parties in LA and then track 17 which we're going on to next, which is another song that maybe should have been kept off, which yeah. is facts. So we talked facts again. We we said when we were breaking it down a few episodes ago, we're like this feels like just oh, like not worthy of being on an album. I will say, there's new production on here. It makes it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I like it a little bit better than yeah. I did when it originally came out. But this is basically just a Nike diss track. He's mad that Nike didn't give him a shoe deal. He's pumping up Adidas because they, they did throw money at him. He's saying, you know, he's calling out Drake. He's calling out LeBron because they're on Nike. Like, dude, did you notice, though, that... In, and I thought this was interesting, um, that on title, if you look at the track info, um, Aubrey Graham, Drake, is listed as one of the like writers. Interesting. I so, did not so see there's, that. There's two schools of thought. There's the school of thought that this is like a Led Zeppelin, um, uh, babe, I'm going to leave you. They're, like He wants to make sure he's citing the song that he's getting it from. Yep. And he he knows this is so derivative of what Drake did with Jumpman that he has to. It's almost exciting your sources, or he has Drake's blessing. I which do you? Either way is cool. Yeah, I uh, which I appreciated. It made me like the song a little more. I do too, because like you said, it it has a Drake feel to it. He's doing some of the the cadences. That when he's Drake saying that does. stuff like uh, "kick your shit away", yeah, you know, stuff like yeah. that, which is very very Drake. It yeah. does. It feels like straight up robbery. Like yeah. it, he's just ripping Drake, and it, maybe it's an homage. Maybe Drake is okay with this. Maybe he is. Although, I mean, either way, this song feels tacked on. It and feels... This was one of the last songs to be added to the track list for the yeah. final, quote-unquote, final track list. It just... The end of this album has problems. It The end of this album has big problems, like we just said. And so here's the thing. And this this is contributing to it. My two favorite parts of this song are the part where he screams, now y'all get the message. That's the that best part. part. That's is the, the best, best part, part of the song, and I wish it were in another song somehow. Yep. The other best part is the thing at the end and in the beginning, the sort of sample in this song, the That's, look how far we are, yep. that thing. 
is cool. And I again wrote here, that shouldn't be my favorite part of the song. <laughs> right. This little snippet that comes in at the very right. end should not be the part I look most forward the to. The story of my lifetime. Like, yeah. that's an awesome part. It and it, you're right, it shouldn't ha, be the ha, best part. Ha, yeah. Look how far we are. That is cool. Yeah. But it's my favorite part of the song, and I should it's feel a, like something problem. Kanye problem. is saying should be better. It's a problem. So we're finally on to the last track. This is and, a, and I'm, like, already, like, uh, when you're already just, like, kind of tired talking about the album you know it's too long well there's 18 tracks here and a lot of which i'm not loving so number 18 is fade this is this production is awesome yeah i really really like it the sample's cool um it feels it does feel like a fully realized track which like we've said can't be said about a lot of these songs um it has some passionate kanye auto-tuned rapping in it just a solid, really good song. I would say this is like a top five or six on the album. It's good. What do you think? My note is that his verse is good. It's catchy. It's not great. It's not that memorable. The best part is the way it it sort of is counterpoint to the beat that's going yeah. on here, which is one of the best beats on the whole thing. It it's awesome. The bass and drum thing going on here is, is, is killer. Um, but... Compare this to something like Who Will Survive in America, another outro track with a similar feel, really driving percussive sound, Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't even hold a candle. It's just not even close. It's like it's enjoyable to listen to, but it doesn't do a whole lot else for me. It's like a shadow or a ghost of that song, which makes me a little sad. And in my first listen of this album, which occurred in the middle of the night, um, I threw this on and... I, with the last track, I, I laid down and I would just like listen closely to it. And I remember thinking, I really like this, but Kanye's only in it for like 30 to 45 seconds or something. He doesn't really do a whole lot. Feels like he's going out with a, a whimper here. But then my other thought was such a good beat, though. Like, right. the beat is great. I wasn't totally sure what to make of it. I remember feeling like when you when you leave Twisted Fantasy... You leave with Who Will Survive in America, and it's this perfect culmination and just this energetic ending to a classic. This feels like the question mark to the weird run-on sentence that this album was. This feels like it maybe isn't even the last track. You're like, wait, is this this is the last track? Oh, okay, it is. Oh, oh. And, like, you're confused by it. And, and you're I, like, yeah. oh, uh, sure, yeah, last track. Like, you don't know what to make of it. Well, and again, we've made this point several times, like... I like this song. I just want to like it more. And I've there's a precedent in place that I from Kanye that I will. Right. Look at his last two, uh, Who Will Survive in America and then Bound 2. Yeah, right. Like, like these 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 awesome closers. And I don't know. So overall as an album, general thoughts for me are it's this is a it's definitely enjoyable. And you maybe wouldn't guess that based on what we're talking about, but we're looking at this with a critical ear, trying to really pick it apart. And I think when you do that, when you apply some scrutiny, you see what some of the issues are. It's a flawed album, and maybe for that, it's actually will end up being really interesting looking back historically. I think there's some awesome things going on here. I think there's some middling things. I think there's some bad things. It's just, it's a mixed bag. And that's not going to be a popular opinion. Some people are going to want to go off critically on this album and just give it rave reviews. To me, it's a little unfounded. I just it's it's not the best thing he's he's done. It's not even close. It's not. I think it's towards the bottom of what he's done. To be honest with you, um, this album is too long. It's uneven. 
Uh, it feels unfinished. It feels like there's a lot of different ideas here. Not all of them are fully fleshed out. It's very obvious that this was kind of a rush job. And I like it, don't love it. There's yeah. some, like you said, there's some cool things. I think the production on this is very, very good. Kanye's rapping, not so much. That's the whole thing, is I don't... I get My favorite part of Kanye always has been his production. All, I mean, that's what really shines through. He's a, he's a very good rapper, obviously, but I don't leave an album from Kanye expecting rap lines like what I'm going to get from Kendrick. No. But he's very, very good as a rapper, and I expect a little more, and it just feels like when you're leaving on a song like Fade, where you don't really do that much, and it feels emblematic of the album, where... Right. And look, you I, you can make the argument who are these two to like throw stones at a Kanye West album, and that's totally valid. And I actually kind of hope we get some internet hate over this. <laughs> yeah, that would that would mean people are actually listening and engaging with it. Maybe you love this album, and I think you should tell us your thoughts. Do we want to do? Did you have another thought? And then do we no, want to do I, the track list? I was gonna ask you. My last thought was I actually made what in my mind would have been a better, shorter track list that I would like to share. Um, so this. The album's 18 tracks. I cut this down. It's I think 58 minutes. It's 58 minutes. I cut this down to what I think is an ideal 10 tracks, which comes in at an efficient 40 minutes. Which That's right in the hot zone. That Jake and I love likes. that length for an album. I think... All right, check this out. First track, still Ultra Light Beam, because we love that song. Sure. It's amazing. Track number two, you combine Father Stretch My Hands Part 1 and Part 2 into one song. Sure. Fully flesh that out. Make it one fucking song, Kanye. Sure. Number three, Keep Famous. Famous is a good song. Number four, Feedback. Five, Waves. Six. So you've skipped there. You've skipped Low Lights, High Lights, yep. Freestyle 4, and Miss the Old Kanye, which is love. I love Kanye. Yep. Cut them all. Cool. They don't need to be there. They feel like filler. That sure. isn't essential. Uh, number five, Waves. Number six, FML. Yep. Number seven, Real Friends. Number eight, Wolves. So you're still keeping that, that core four of great tracks uh, right in the middle there. No more parties at number nine. And then still finish it out with Fade, because I think Fade's a good song. Yeah. That's ten songs, comes in at about 40 minutes. You trim the fat. You get rid of these songs that I don't think need to be there. Yeah. I, I did a similar thing in what I cut. It, it, it's, it's a less radical version of that. I cut out completely. I miss the old Kanye. I cut out Silver Surfer Intermission. Um, and I cut out Facts. And then I would rem remove uh, the last three minutes of 30 hours. It cuts the tracks down to 15 tracks total. You could even combine, like you said, Father Stretch My Hands Parts 1 and 2, make it 14 tracks at a total of around 50 minutes. That's fine for me for a Kanye album. I'll take 50 minutes. Yep. Um, and it cuts back on the filler a little bit. Um, Interesting discussion. I mean, I, I'm interested in what listeners think would be the ideal track list. Maybe you love too. this track list. Maybe you do. I think, I was thinking about this. If you went with the 10 songs that I just mentioned, this is actually, I think, would be a great Kanye album. I think this would be up there with, like, in this is going to be blasphemous. I think up there with, like, College Dropout. I don't love Dropout as much as other people do. Right. Other people say Dropout's his best, which I disagree with. I just prefer that newer Kanye sound yeah. um, rather than like the soul beats Kanye. That's not a popular opinion. I understand that. 
But I think it would be in that same vein if he cut way down 10 songs. Really quick question before we go. And I, I don't want to speak for you, but this is an album I do like. Oh, I do too. Why I does like it, it. Why does it feel like we just tore it apart? Because we expect more from Kanye. He, he, he puts expectations on himself. We have expectations for him. By calling it the best album of all time, the best album of his life, yep. and a 30 out of 10. Yep. So maybe that's a... That's yeah. why. That's why it just felt like we tore it apart. We expect a 10 out of 10 every time from him, and this yeah. just isn't. Um, a lot to enjoy on here, though. There, it's a good album. It's worth listening to. Um, and it's definitely one if you want to get a feel for music in 2016. You, yeah, you, 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 yeah. Should be, you should be given a listen. That is absolutely the case. Um... But I think that about wraps it up on our Kanye West Super analysis. Odd. Yeah, I, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I would love your feedback on the track list, on what songs you like, you dislike, what you think should be eliminated, etc. Um, maybe you hate Kanye. Maybe you didn't even bother listening to this because you just you don't like him. And maybe you hate us for for, <laughs> for engaging in the blasphemous act of criticizing him. That's right. Maybe Kanye gives us a subtweet. That's right. You know, that, who knows? That'd be huge for us. Speaking of Twitter, follow us at level four underscore media. Check out some of our blogs at level four media.net. And um, if you enjoy this episode of the pod, it's more fun to say pod, Sean, it is. podcast. It is. Um, give us a review on iTunes. If you don't like it, We'd prefer you don't. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't. Maybe, maybe write a review that's a little more positive than you <laughs> yeah. really think. You know, yeah. um, we're at a we're fledgling at this point. We have <laughs> a, a small amount of listeners. We're trying our best. Yeah. Um, but it, but in all sincerity, um, thanks everybody for listening. We've been having a lot of fun. This is yep. our tenth episode. Yep. It's um, 10, 11 weeks of doing this now, and um, you know, for us it's worthwhile and we, we hope it is for other people too. Yep. I mean, it wouldn't, there's really no point in doing it unless someone gives it a listen and, and we want the engagement. I mean, we're up to 30 something followers on Twitter <laughs> yeah, now hell yeah. and it's, it's nice to see maybe we get yeah. some engagement on social media yeah. going. So it's been, yeah. it's been fun and thanks for listening. And also, um, a lot of you might not know, we have a little surprise after our outro music, after every episode. Maybe stick around for that. Maybe listen through the outro music. Yeah. All right. Uh, until next week. Thanks, everybody. No, because I took the batteries out. Right. <laughs> Ooh. Are we recording? We are. Did, okay. did you hear my knuckles just crack just then? Yeah. It's really excessively loud. <laughs> Sometimes I'll do that in meetings with people because I just do it absentmindedly all the time. Ooh. I'm constantly just cracking my knuckles. You know how it bothers some people? Oh, yeah. I always wonder if like it's bugging them and if I'm like grossing them out by cracking my knuckles all the time. Like just in meetings. Well, I, I, uh, yeah, I, um, I worry about that all the time because I've gotten comments, not like no, nothing malicious, but people have been like, oh yeah, J like Jake cracks his knuckles. People will notice things right. about you in the office right. if you sit near them long enough. Right. And yeah, so every time I do it now, it's loud. You just that heard it. It's really loud. That's it's gonna, gonna come in nice. Yeah. On the, <laughs> yeah, that's gonna we'll, come in really. We'll, we'll get a little sample of that. <laughs>
<laughs> That'll be on the next Animal Collective track. It'll be like the intro to our show. It'll, it'll be like, <laughs> the Listen In Podcast. And it'll be my <laughs> my cracking knuckles exploding. Whatever like science is happening there. Isn't it like gas it's like scare my, air, yeah. the pockets yeah. in, my, in my joints? Yeah. As far as I know it is. Um, There's a phone upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. Look, see, that could be happening to us right now, but it's not. Thank, thank the good Lord. Um, are we ready? I'm ready. All right. Six, five, four, starting in at six, three, two, one.